Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Happy college football playoff rankings day. If you celebrate, and happy Halloween. Um, I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined by Cedric Golden, Kirk Bowles, Thomas Jones. We've got tricks. We've got treats. And we've got a Longhorn Confidential for you all today. Um, we've got hair. We've got, we've, got, hair. we've got hair. First time in about 10 years, 10 years up here. You know, I just I always look at Kirk on the screen and wonder, wonder, wonder what the glory days are like. So I just had to throw throw something on for this special, special holiday. So uh we're actually gonna start with uh BYU Texas instead of my beautiful luscious locks here. But um <laughs> past Saturday, 35 to 6, Texas rolled. The game itself really isn't that much worth talking about. Texas improved seven and one with the win. Um, but we do need to talk about Malik Murphy, who's made uh, his first ever start at quarterback for Texas, had some ups, had some downs, but got the win. And that's all that matters. As I said, wrote today in his nuggets in the paper. So said, we'll start with you. Just kind of what were your impressions about Malik and what you saw from him in his first start as a Texas quarterback? Well, you know what I saw he um, say um, was um, a, a great, great confident a young player who was excited to be out there. And not only did we see his confidence, he's dancing before he took his first snap. We also saw the confidence his teammates had in him. And uh, you know, he wasn't perfect, made a couple of mistakes, but they're I think they're really in good hands with him. Um, he can throw it, he can chunk it. And he what he didn't show is that he can run that he's a big man, but he can move. I've seen, I've seen him move. So um, not, not an A plus performance, but definitely encouraging. If Quinn yours is going to be out for another week or two, they're in pretty good hands. Eric, you've seen a lot of quarterbacks make their first start at Texas over the years. I don't know if you want to rank for Malik's first start <laughs> is on that list, but what did you see from, uh, from, from Malik on, on Saturday? I saw the three C's. Saw composure, saw confidence, and I saw the cannon. This guy's got a cannon for an arm. I'm telling you, I just think uh, you know the moment wasn't too big for him. I think that's probably the main thing. And as said, alluded, he was dancing. You know, before he took his first snap, he was dancing after his touchdown to AD. He was just living in the moment, and I think that had to be. Uh, thrilling for Steve Sarkeesian that, uh, you know, there was no nerves, you know, he, he wasn't nervous. He wasn't nervous after the post game when he came in and kidded that he's shy, which obviously he's not. So, uh, you know, ball security, he needs to work on, but you know, the old, what's that cliche he played within himself, which I've never totally understood what that means, but he gets the ball to the playmakers and as long as he avoids those big mistakes, because two turnovers could get you beat in big games like they're going to be uh, playing on Saturday. So, but I I was impressed by his composure and and how well he took the position. EJ, I don't think we're quite ready to make a quarterback controversy yet with a Malik <laughs> and Quinn. Although I'm sure uh, the page views would be great for that. But what did you see from Malik um, in, in his first start this past weekend? I, I do see Quinn circa 22, 2022 with that hair, Danny. I'm not lying. It's a bit of a mullet. Look. Let's see the back. It is a mullet. <laughs> you saw three Cs. I, I mean, I saw those two Ts, you know, turnovers. And, and there could have been another interception. You know, that second drive of the game, Malik made 
a couple of bad throws off his back foot. And he tried to use that cannon of an arm to force something that wasn't there. One could have been picked and one was picked. Uh, but to his credit, he calmed down and played a really smart, efficient game. He almost looked like a game manager, kind of like what Quinn has been doing, to be <laughs> honest. So to his credit, he didn't try to force things, even though he's got that massive arm. He was smart, played within himself to, to please Kirk. And I think we'll see more of him this week. I think we'll see him a little more freedom when he plays this week. I will say I like the way that Malik responded to those two early turnovers. I mean, that drive that Thomas was talking about, he had two really bad throws, and one of them was intercepted. Um, but with everything that was going on with number 16 on the sideline and everyone in the stadium kind of wanted to see what Arch was about and just kind of the pressure of being a first start, I mean, that could have unraveled really quickly. But we kind of got to see that confidence that everyone's been talking about with Malik, and he bounced back had a you know, good, solid game throughout. And to be clear, Steve Sarkeesian said those two turnovers weren't completely on Malik. Those are more team turnovers than just on him. Um, some bad routes run, and you know, he kind of got blindsided on that on that fumble um, with, with a missed block. So um, I just like the way he responded. I mean, there there was chances in the first start that to go very poorly. And granted, he wasn't playing the 1985 Bears out there, but he got the job done, and he did what he was need, need to do. And he bounced back from those early mistakes. I like the connection he he formed with um, um, Adonai Mitchell throughout the game. It helps to have someone like Jatavian Sanders running over the middle and some of the catches he made on on Saturday. So um, all, all in all, it wasn't something that I don't think any of us are going to be remembering um, 10 years from now. Maybe Malik's maybe the only one that remembers his first start. But it was solid. It was good. And they got the job done. And he's going to have tougher tests, uh, including this Saturday. But I, I think – uh, on the scale of outcomes, it could have been a lot worse, probably could have been a little bit better, but I think it was what it needed to be, and Texas will take that. Um, because of that 35-6 win over BYU, Texas moves into a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12 standings. Uh, a loss by Oklahoma helped. There's also Oklahoma State in the mix, Iowa State, a little surprisingly, with the Cyclones, and also Kansas State, who Texas will play this weekend, all in that five-way mix. Let's do a little game of pretenders. And contenders, uh, Kirk, we'll start with you. Out of that group of five, who's a pretender? Who's a contender? I just don't believe in Iowa State yet, even though they have a really good oh. defense. Uh, their offense is lacking. I don't think they can kind of measure up to the other four teams that, you know, I'm not saying the other team can score at will, but uh, I don't know. I just think, you know, I think the the new quarterback, what's his name? Rocky, Rocky. what's his name? Becht. Rocco and, uh, yeah, I just don't think he's kind of on the level of Quinn Ewers where he was hurt and uh, Dylan Gabriel and Will Howard and, and even Alan Bowman that they finally settled on in Stillwater. So uh, I'm just – I'm not buying the Cyclones yet. So they'd be my pretender. Said, who do you like? Who do you not like in this in this, uh, in this this race? I don't like Iowa State, but but I'm reserving the right to maybe pick that upset special on the weekend of November 17th. Don't get ahead of yourself. I'm not. I'm not. But I I just think it, it it's it's not it's not a quarterback bonanza in this league, but it's still a pretty much a quarterback's league. And you know, Rocco. I don't know about Rocco. I don't know about Rocco. Don't know. A lot they don't have Brees Hall either, do they? No Brees Hall. Um, I don't think the fix is going to be in. So, um, I just I just think that they're 
probably been playing with house money for a while, sleeping on these silk sheets, but I don't think they can keep it up. We know Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach. We know that. But um, it's a tough league, even though it's not as great as it was last year. The Horns are formidable. The Sooners are formidable. And the Oklahoma State Cow Cowboys are resurgent. So uh, I'm going to have to – we know K-State's always that dark horse. So I'm going to have to say no to um, – I'm going to have to say no to Iowa State. And I, I'm really feeling really good about Oklahoma State outside of Texas and OU. Thomas? Well, your Oklahoma State Cowboys got beat by Iowa State. And give give Rocco back to some some credit. You remember his dad, Anthony Beck, that journeyman tight end and then I wondered if that was his dad. I didn't know that. Son, and if y'all are talking bad about his son, I'm gonna tell him where you live, Sad. He's gonna come <laughs> find you. <laughs> now look, I would say I kind of agree with you guys. They beat Okie State, they got blasted by OU 50 to 20, I think. And they still have to play Iowa State does. They still have to play Texas, they still have to play Kansas good Kansas team. They still have to play K-State. So we'll see. They have still have a lot to prove. Um, and I'm still kind of questful on Okie State. I know they beat K-State, but they don't have to play Texas this year. They still face OU in Bedlam, you know, in November. Um, we'll see. You know, I still think it's Texas, Oklahoma, and K-State are the three best teams and throwing Kansas is four. But we'll see what happens. You know, they don't have to play – Texas, but guess what? Texas doesn't have to play them either. <laughs> and, and, and they've been a nemesis. And ever since the Ollie Gordon show has gotten into full swing, you know, I got them, you know, in the mid-teens in my AP vote. So who you got, Danny? I got Texas. I like what Oklahoma State's doing. Um, they've been both the Kansas schools. They did lose to Iowa State, but that was also in September. And, yeah, I don't believe in Iowa State either, but I'm kind of out on the Sooners. Like – they have not played well the last two weeks. I mean, they're lucky to have beaten UCF, and they obviously lost at Kansas and had to watch as you know the Jayhawk fans drug a goalpost to the town lake or whatever whatever was going on <laughs> in Lawrence this weekend. And I just haven't been impressed since that Texas win. You would have thought that would have kind of propelled them. It obviously put them in the driver's seat for a college football playoff berth and um, you know an automatic trip to the Big 12 championship game in these last two weeks since they're by. They have just not played played well. So I'm just not that impressed with the Sooners. I don't know if they deserve to be fifth place in that rankings, but I, I have a feeling that uh Mike Gundy and his uh his cowboys are smelling blood in the water and they're you know, salivating at the chance to kind of, you know, give Oklahoma a send off this weekend in Bedlam and, you know, an extra add an add a little extra component to this uh rivalry. Although Mike was kind of arguing that's not really as big of a rivalry anymore, but I don't think that's a speech he's given his playoff his players in the locker room this weekend. So Give me Texas. Give me Oklahoma State. Obviously, Kansas State deserves their props. Um, and I don't think it's surprising any of us if they you know, managed to get in that Big 12 championship game as well. But, um, yeah, let's talk a little Texas. Let's talk a little Kansas State. That is Saturday at 11 a.m. Um, on Fox. The reason it is at 11 a.m. for anyone who's curious, not a primetime game, is because it is the big noon um, game on Fox. Fox likes to reserve its big games for that noon time slot. So, not going to be in prime time, but still going to get a large TV audience this weekend. Um, Texas is seventh in the AP poll. Kansas State's 25th. Um, we'll find out tonight where they are in the college football playoff rankings. But let's kind of start with the big question around this Texas offense. Once again, in the BYU game, 
Uh, Texas went for it near the goal line, was not able to get it done. Uh, uh, fourth and goal pass to Jatavian Sanders came a yard short of the end zone, and then Jonathan Brooks later got stuffed on fourth and inches at the two. So we saw this problem in the Oklahoma game. We, we thought it may have been cured at Houston, but is Texas being too aggressive on fourth down? Said we'll, we'll start with you. I know you had some questions for Steve um, on, on Monday about this. You know, I don't I don't fault the aggressiveness, but but it's just when you're aggressive and uh, when you got a chance to go up 24 seven at Houston and you got and, I, you know, they had to do it against OU. That's OU. And you're at the one yard line. I get that. But but when but when it's fourth and more than one and you can kick a field goal, I mean, uh, I'm not a conservative guy, but depending on the circumstance, um, I will probably usually kick the field goal to go up three scores. Sarkeesian is very confident in his guys, uh, particularly the line up front, but they haven't delivered in these circumstances. They always seem to not get there on fourth down. And um, he's a quarterback. He's a gunslinger by trade, even though he didn't have a big arm. But I, but I think it's going to come to a point, especially on the road, where he's going to have to start pocketing some of these points and which will take a lot of pressure off of his offense, especially if you're still in there with, with an unproven quarterback. We don't know how long Quinn's going to be out. TJ? Yeah. I, I mean, Sark knew he was gambling with house money Saturday. I mean, the house being the Texas defense, he, he could afford not to get those points because the defense was shutting BYU down. Um, if he's in that situation against K-State this weekend, I'm pretty sure he's kicking the field goal and taking those three points because he knows points are going to be hard to come by. You, you know, so I think he picks his moments of aggression. In a game like BYU, I think he's super aggressive. OU is probably too aggressive. I think you'll see him be more conservative against um, K-State this weekend. And in a game that really matters, I, I think he steps back a bit and takes those three points. Kirk? This guy hates field goals. <laughs> Come on. You know, I, I agree with Sid. I like aggressive too, and that's his nature and his philosophy. But take the damn points. I mean, you know, the other thing coaches always say, we, we got to learn from this. We got to learn our lesson. Well, as Sid said, they, they had to go for the test against OU, right decision, but they didn't have the physicality to, to punch it in. But, you know, he faked the field goal at Houston when you kicked the field goal, the game's probably over. Then you do it twice against BYU. And TJ's right, it was house money, but he thought it was house money against Houston. And it turned out that house was burning yeah. until that final stop by Jade Barron. So <clears throat> that that does trouble me because it's become a pattern here. And so I don't know if he looked in in the drawer in his desk and he found Tom Herman's binder or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, Herman hated field goals too, and all his kickers by name. I mean, but I mean, come on, Sark. I mean, you're playing for a national title. Win the game first. Win the game first. And they could have put Houston away, and they could have put BYU away. So I don't know. We'll see if he learned his lesson. I, I think he has so much more respect for K State, as we all know that. He'll take any available points he can get. But, uh, yeah, Anyone expect him to learn from his mistakes. Yeah, I just – Bert Auburn's a good, a good kicker. 
Um, he did. Like you got to show a little, little more faith in him. Um, I'm sure the players love the aggressive um, nature. I'm sure you know, Steve loves it, but they're 13 for 21. That's not a great percentage. And at some point, you, know, you just got to take the points and, you know, Turn, turn it turn it over to your defense and just take take the three points you can get them trust trust your kicker to get it done and not let there be an opportunity for it to come back and bite you bite you in the butt as it almost did in at Houston obviously this BYU game was pretty much over when those um turnover on downs happened but uh looking ahead to our Kansas State scouting report uh the Wildcats have gotten it done with two quarterbacks at uh, different times of the season uh will Howard Avery Johnson the freshman will Howard's the vet um if you're pk who are you more concerned about who are when you're designing your defensive game plan which quarterback are you shaking in your boots a little bit about uh said we'll start with you Avery's pretty dynamic the youngster but i would be more concerned with will howard uh, more the dual threat he's 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 better with the football ball security wise he's played some of his best ball in the last two games he's 25 of 33 passing with five touchdowns and no picks that works, man. And then he's running the ball too. Uh, last two games, he got 86 yards rushing and only on 13 carries. So that's getting it done for them. And he, he's the veteran. He's not, this moment's not too big for him. He knows that they've lost six in a row to Texas and he's, he's, um he's trying to get it, trying to get it together. Um, for his team and keep them in this race. So uh, I expect to see both guys, of course. Uh, it's a nice change up, but um, I think Will Howard should be getting the majority of those reps because he gives them the best chance to win. Uh, Kirk, which Wildcat quarterback should scare Texas players and fans and coaches more? Uh, veteran quarterback. So I'm going to go with Howard. And we were all, all there two years ago when – when Howard took it the distance, how long was that run? 65, 80 yards, whatever, whatever. It was. 71. 71. How can we forget? You know, that's BJ Foster. Yeah. And that was a non-competitive defensive moment for the Longhorn. So this guy's for real. He can get it done. You know, uh, won them a big 12 championship last year. So, and they haven't done great against a veteran quarterback like Donovan Smith and Dylan Gabriel. Now, Keaton Slovis didn't hurt him, but they had zero running game. And uh, K-State will be better on the ground with uh, DJ in the backfield. He's not Deuce Vaughn, though, so that's prob- probably a good thing. But, boy, keep a lookout for Ben Sennett. They're uh, tied in. Is he number 34? Thinks he's a running back? or He is sneaky good and uh, tough as they come. And look for him, him in the red zone. And uh, those – He's going to keep those safeties and linebackers busy. PJ? Yeah, I, I think you guys are right. He, Will Howard's probably overlooked as a passer because so much attention is paid to the K-State running game. I mean, like, like said, reference, he was 15 to 17, 164 yards against Houston last week. He is a very efficient passer. Now, he's not going to drop back, throw it 40 times a game. K-State doesn't do that. But he can still beat you through the air, and he can still run and beat you. Now, Avery Johnson, he's dangerous. You know, they call him Sunshine, reference to remember the Titans. I call him Little General for for you Spurs fans. But he's a change of pace. But I think Will Howard is really the guy you got to – he's going to keep you honest. You can't put eight in the box because of Will Howard. 
I'll go with Will Howard too. I mean, I'll pick the guy who's won a Big 12 championship and played yeah. in the Sugar Bowl. I'm sure, you know, Avery has a nice career ahead of him and Kansas State fans have to be really happy about their future. But uh, Will Howard's been the past and the present, and I think Texas would probably be more concerned about him. But obviously at the game plan, game plan for both. Maybe watch a little Denzel this weekend um, to prep and wonderful, wonderful movie there. Um, <laughs> if you're Texas, what what is the key to victory on Saturday? I'll start with the obvious. I mean, obviously you want to control the turnovers and you know get Jonathan Brooks um, going early as he you know is top five nationally in rushing and turning himself into a Heisman Trophy um, candidate. You you want to get him going to help out Malik Murphy and the rest of his offense. But uh, Kirk, any any other suggestions for how, what Texas needs to do this weekend? Get off the field. You know, K-State loved to have those long drives. And, you know, we've seen with the speed-up rules, you know, that that clock goes pretty fast. And you don't want K-State, you know, controlling the tempo of the game and the clock and, you know, knocking off seven or eight minutes. So, you know, having some third-down stops and, and uh, avoiding those explosive plays. But, uh, you know, what's interesting is that Texas is the ranked 15th in scoring defense in the country, and uh, K-State's 14. So you figure it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. So I would say get some key third-down stops. Don't let K-State control the ball and the clock. What are Cedric Golden's keys to success for this weekend for this Texas team? You know, I've been thinking about this Black Soul Rose. Um, uh, <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I could help it. <laughs> like Fabio. Keep the uh keep keep your young quarterback protected and 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 put him in a position where he can make big plays and that that starts up front with the O line. They did a decent job of protecting him and uh, they just need to make sure that he's comfortable. Uh, like like Daniel said, uh, get JB going. That's that's gonna be key. JB gets going early. That's gonna open up some other uh, playmaking opportunities. Uh, for Malik Murphy. And so um, it all starts, the, the quarterback that plays the best on Saturday is going to win the game. That's that's simply put. And it's not going to be a big, it's not going to be a 42-37 type game. This is a 31-28 at the most type game. So I, I, look, I look for Malik Murphy to play better than he did in the first game. And we're going to get to see him move a little bit more. So uh, the offensive line has been challenged by Coach Sarkeesian. They're coming. They're they they should come in with more motivation, and and because they had they didn't play that well in the last game, so uh, it's going to be a great uh, game. It might be the game of the year in the Big Twelve besides the Texas OU one. Thomas, I'm going to piggyback on what Kirk said. I think if Texas can neutralize K State's biggest strength which is a power running game, I think Texas will win the game. Uh, Cooper Beebe is All-American guard for K-State. He's the best interior lineman in the Big 12, maybe the nation. Tavondre Sweat's the best interior defensive lineman in the Big 12, maybe the nation. If Sweat can neutralize Beebe and Texas can kind of win that battle inside, I think Texas wins. I think that's the key to the game. Uh, really quick, we'll make we'll make it quick and simple. Who are you picking? Does Kansas State snap the six-game winning streak, or does Texas extend it to seven, seven in a row, and knock one, knock the Wildcats out of that first-place tie? Said we'll start with you. Texas is going to win this game. They they haven't had huge problems 
with K State, even though it's been it, it was there's been a couple of, of close ones, but they're they're at home. They know the significance of this game, uh, and that defense has got to show up uh, like it has all season, except for at the end of the OU game. So I'm I'm taking Texas, but I think it's going to be close. Kirk, kind of a de facto Big Twelve championship game. You know, to get into that Arlington contest. So, uh, yeah, I like Texas at, uh, again at home, next to last home game. And like you said, Daddy, heavy workload for Jonathan Brooks. You know, I think the most carries he's had is 22. And hopefully, maybe Sark learned his lesson when he gave Beasley on the ball 12 times against TCU. So, if that means, you know, giving the ball Jonathan 30 times, to do it, even though CJ looks healthy and explosive too, so heavy. And Bloom looked good. Duh. He did. He he had a real good burst. Their running back room, Keelan Robinson, you know, has looked good the last couple of games too. So uh, I don't think I, I don't think they're going to put the ball in um, Leak's hands to throw twenty five times. I think I think they love him to throw like 16, 18 times, and then heavy running game. So I like Texas in a close one. DJ, uh, your your pick? Yeah, I, I think Texas, it'll be low scoring. Uh, the game will move fast. Special teams will play a big role. Sark will take the field goals. I think Texas wins 23-20. What? Take the field goals? He does take the field goals. You promise? Big game for Burt Auburn, baby. Put him on your fancy team. Nice. That's, uh, if you're playing fantasy football for college football, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure about that. But I'll – I'll go Texas. Um, shockingly, at the Austin newspaper, we have a clean sweep here. We'll have to ask our friends in KC and the, the Wichita paper if they're on board or if they're going to go with the Kansas State. Well, when we see uh, Kellis on Saturday, we'll we'll ask him his pick. But, yeah, I think Texas is a better team. Um, I think home field advantage matters. And, you know, Kansas State is obviously playing for a Big 12 championship um, trip. But Texas is playing for something a little bigger, as we'll find out in a couple hours. They're going to be in contention for one of those college football playoff spots. And I think that matters at this point of the season, but we're going to go around the 40 acres. Uh, the game on Saturday at 11 is not the only thing going around on campus. Uh, the volleyball team is at West Virginia um, on Thursday and Friday. They've moved back into the top four in the ABCA poll. So the defending champs are fighting for one of those uh, top four seeds in the, in the NCAA tournament. They'll kick off in a, in a, in a few weeks. Uh, the soccer team, they have reached the Big 12 semifinals in their tournament, which is being held in Round Rock. The quarterfinals actually had to move to Meyer Stadium because of some weather issues. But uh, after Ange Kelly and, and the crew got it done against West Virginia, they play Texas Tech, the one seed, on Wednesday at 5.30 up at the Round Rock Multipurpose Complex. Uh, baseball, if you can't get enough of the, the real world series, we have a fall world series over the dish. That's Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So you can kind of get a sneak peek of what the Longhorns will look like this spring. Um Lots of interesting new new pieces coming in with the Longhorns and some familiar faces as well. And then if you if you're into basketball, you're ready for basketball. Uh, TJ was over at the Moody Center last night for an exhibition game. The actual thing for the men's team uh, ranked 18th in the AP preseason poll. That's next Monday at 7 p.m. versus Incarnate Word. If you want to sneak peek at the women's basketball team, which is ranked 13th in their AP poll, they have an ex- exhibition game against Midwestern State this Thursday at 7 p.m. So um, as always, we try to tell you while you're driving to those games, those matches, there's one podcast you need to be listening to, aside from this one, of course, and that's the On Second Thought podcast. Kirk said, what are we talking about this Thursday? 
Good Hopefully up. we got a former Longhorn. Uh, oh, he's coming. He's already, he's already, he's just he's booked. He's, yeah, he's booked. We just need the time of Longhorn X Alex Okafor will be joining us this week to talk about uh, what's going on with his alma mater and himself. He's, he's a TV star now. So he is. He also is. Daniel, um, uh, speaking of baseball, uh, at our event last night, we ran into uh, LeBaron Johnson and Tanner Witt, and they were looking great and excited about the baseball season. Yeah, they were. And, Danny, before we go, tell me you're not going to eat a pound of candy corn tonight, are you? I know that's your I'm going to eat half a pound tonight and then a pound <laughs> pound tomorrow. So I'm going to be I'm gonna be pacing. I might bring some leftovers to the press box on Saturday. It's funny that you mentioned Alex. Uh, you say Texas X. I, I refer to him as a Pflugerville X. That's when I first got to see him <laughs> on the high school beat yeah. years ago. Still living in Pflugerville, he told me. Still living yeah. in Pflugerville, too. Pflugerville Panther, baby. Yeah, yeah Daniel Barber will take a little off the top, okay? Okay. Yeah, yeah Daniel Boone. Get a little shaggy there. Well, we got Daniel Boone. We got Deontay. We got Blacksell Rose. We got lots of nicknames <laughs> over here. On Saturday, I'll just be Danny Davis. I'll be in the press box, as will Kirk, Sed, and Thomas. Um, be sure to check out statesman.com um, throughout the week for all of our coverage of the Kansas State game um, in both before and after. And we appreciate you watching this podcast on YouTube, wherever you watch the website or, list, or listening to it, wherever you get it. But, yeah, we'll be back next week. We appreciate you all, and happy Halloween. Deuces. Be safe. <laughs>